0: Supply Posse. As I sat down to write this introduction I cast my mind back to remember how today's guest actually came onto my radar. I've been following her on Instagram for a long time, that much I was absolutely certain of, but how exactly did I come across her work? Then it struck me. I'd searched for origami artists on Instagram when I was looking to be inspired by current origami practices. And that's how I actually found Gina. So you could kind of say, I guess, from the outset that her work hasn't actually inspired me at all because I'm still really only folding cranes when I do actually make time to get out my paper. I've dabbled with a couple of other things, but honestly, that's where I feel comfortable and that's also my happy place. But I actually choose to look at this another way. I think observing other artists or listening to them as you are today is actually as, imp- is. oh my goodness me, I cannot talk, <laughs> is actually as impactful as, say, following along with a tutorial for something you want to learn. I think knowing how other artists work, even if their art practice doesn't resemble ours at all, helps us to form our own practice. Seeing their successes, their struggles, Let's us know that we're not alone on this little path called art. So, hi, Gina. Welcome so much to the Art Supply Posse.
1: Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm I'm delighted that we uh, finally got together and are making this happen. Um, we've had some little tech fun. I've completely <laughs> forgotten about a date. Like, you know, it's 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 just great. But look, we're here, and that's the most important thing.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. We we finally got no. it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I know you're preparing for um, an upcoming exhibition. I know that that's happening on when we're talking in real time today. Yes. Uh, but I kind of want to wind the clock a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know how how you came to be an artist, maybe why you came to be an artist. Was was. Art always in your life? Was that a goal to become an artist? You know, or did you fall into it? Or sort of, what's that like for you? Because it's so different for so many different people.
1: No, that's that's a great question, and and I do actually think about it quite often because I keep trying to go back to the earliest memories, and my, you know, the, the human brain doesn't start actually remembering actual like real mm-hmm. memories until around age three or four, when that part of the brain develops. And mm-hmm. um, when I, I often ask my students, what's your earliest memory? What's the first thing you remember? And for me, the first thing that I remember is the day that I, I colored inside the lines.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I don't know why that day stood out, but it feel, I do believe that it felt incredibly triumphant and it was a big heart in a coloring book. And it was pretty standard, you know, just red I did it, and I didn't go out the lines. And I, I went like running to my mother and showed her, and I was so proud. And I don't remember her reaction, but I was proud. (laughs) And then um, moving from that point, when I was still young, and I believe still living in New York before we moved, I was already drawing all the clothes I wanted. (laughs) Like my 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 first thought, I think as a as a four year old, was that I wanted to be a fashion designer. (laughs)
0: Cool. Yeah, why not?
1: And then um, when I was older and, you know, I'm the same age as MTV. I'm 40, 41, going to be 42 this year. And me and MTV were born in the same year. And I I distinctly remember in junior high school uh, being absolutely disgusted by how horrible some of the music videos were that I was watching on MTV and thinking that I could do better. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll I'll become a music video director when I'm older. And that pushed me to actively take art classes in high school. And I took the most art class- classes out of any of the classes that I took while I was there. Um, all of my electives were art. And it was pretty obvious that art was a thing that I was into, but I wasn't really sure where to go with it. And thankfully, I had an amazing uh, art teacher my my junior and senior year who just started quietly nudging me in the art college direction and saying you know you should definitely consider going to art school because all you ever do is art and all you ever do is artistic stuff at the school so you should keep following that and i'm really appreciative that she did because i think if i were left to my own devices i would have looked at the cost and just found it prohibitive and not even tried mm-hmm. so i think the wanting to be an artist thing i'm i'm not sure it was always there. And I was always looking for new ways of drawing all the time or trying to learn photography, even though my high school didn't offer photo classes. (laughs) Just anything I could do was kind of in the artistic realm. And then finally somebody pushed me towards art college and I could kind of figure it out a little bit from there.
0: So what was art school like for you? Because obviously it's different for everyone and everyone around the world, different schools, that sort of thing. But like, some people I've spoken to have regrets maybe too strong a word but they have sort of thought you know come out the other side and gone well it was a waste of time and then other people have actually found it to be really impactful and definitely worth it and they're still drawing on things that they got from from school art school what h- how was that for you
1: it was a mixed bag absolutely I would not trade my art school experience for anything and I was very lucky. I did get a lot of scholarships, so I didn't have to pay the full price. And I did, as an American, manage to get out of college before the interest rates on college loans went insane. So it was um, I I was able to pay it off rather aggressively after college. But uh, in terms of in terms of getting out of art college and getting an art job, I always kind of joke with people that you don't go to art college to learn how to make money. Um, and, and I majored, I, I majored in graphic design with with serious concentrations in in like photography and digital art. Mm-hmm. And I should have been able to get out of art college and make lots of money as a graphic designer or a photographer, and the work really wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Or they wanted to pay me less than I would earn working in a furniture store, which is what I chose to do instead and get the sweet discount on furniture. <laughs> I needed furniture for my yeah. apartment. important so um on that side on that side I think you know the the benefit of going to art college and thinking oh you get to you went to this great school you're going to get lots of interviews I got the interviews but I didn't want or I didn't get the jobs
0: yeah
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: so so, some of the things you learned why were you at art school like has any of that stayed with you do you any of those things Form part of your practice today like even even so much as the discipline of attending a school like Mm -hmm. you know you've got to show up you've got to make the work for the work to yes to to become a reality like had had that that impacted you at all
1: I was just listening to your podcast on the artist's way (laughs)
0: <laughs> which needs a follow-up episode, I might add, because I have pulled the pin on it completely. But anyway. That, that,
1: that's okay. Um, I would like you to know that a lot of the stuff that you and the other uh, the other guests talked about really resonated because a lot of that is stuff that we're basically told we have to do. Not, mm-hmm. not, not the spiritual part of it, of course. That's yep. individual. But yep. the making the time yep. and the trying to find something that you enjoy, those are really important. So I, I will actually tell you, uh, <laughs> it's really funny because, of course, I spent four years in art college and you're required to take all of these courses that are not related to what you want to do. So I was taking the sculpture courses and the painting courses. And, and here I am wearing a boiler suit covered in paint right now. But it mm-hmm. that was, that was not the goal. Um, that was not the intended end result. But I was learning all of these disciplines and understanding the materials. But you know a, a big part of my collage the early collages it was um photographic it was gel medium transfer mm-hmm. and that is not something I even learned in a class at art college I learned that from a guy who was the roommate of this other guy that I was kind of into at art college <laughs> and, and isn't that just how it works that you yeah. go- you go yeah. and some cute guy in the dorms freshman year and his roommate's doing this cool thing and that's the thing that carries on 20, like 25 years later.
0: It's crazy how that works. <laughs> and I find that myself sometimes and I just go, what? I don't get it. I just don't get how that works, but it's ah. what
1: it is. Well, and, you know, um, of course, I did so much digital collage and I did so much photography that layering is a thing I'm I'm... I'm intensely like related, like I, it's in all of my work. Mm-hmm. But understanding the process of layering, and then understanding the way that you can do collage and combine different materials, that has been really, really useful. But mm-hmm. I do think that a lot of what I got out of art college was kind of more like um, nurturing what was already there.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Well, you're in a you're in a space with like-minded people. Whether you know whether it's whether you're learning about something you don't even actually care about, you're still surrounded by the by other people who are doing the same thing. Essentially, they're yeah. making up, right? Yeah. Like, and I know, like a perfect example for me is my husband who says he is not artistic at all, he's got no idea, couldn't even fathom how to put, you know, four lines together to make a box that look reasonable kind of thing. <laughs> and yet... You know, and most of the people that most of my day-to-day people that mm. I'm around are in that similar space. They're not so much artistically inclined, and I think that's the thing. When you are surrounded by people who in one way, shape, or form art is their life, mm. you take something from that
1: more than you would necessarily just on your own. Absolutely, and it's important to kind of keep a, a community or a group of people who who are supportive around mm. you. I've been lucky to find a few people here in in Japan and especially Tokyo who are amazing artists whose work I really love. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: also, my husband really loves my art and is, I would say, artistically minded. So that's important. Yeah.
0: So how do you go from America, New York, to to Tokyo? Because one, I'm jealous (laughs) because I'd love to be there myself. It's been like. I think I told you in another conversation. It's been like 18 years since I've been there, and I love the place so much. But yeah. how do you go from from America to Japan? It's a big jump culturally, for one thing. Yeah. So far away, like what? Mm. Can what? How? I need to know. We need to know.
1: Okay, inquiring minds need to know, and yeah, so do most of my art, my students. So I've I've rehearsed. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> well, actually, um, it was. America, Germany, UK, and then Japan.
0: Oh, cool. What gets even better?
1: <laughs> it, it gets even better. And I will tell you, it is the most ridiculous thing, but it is actually re- related to art college again. So I went to university in Baltimore City. I am I grew up in Maryland. I was born in New York, but I grew up in Maryland. So I went to an art college in, in Baltimore. And um, my parents were... <sighs> Worried about my safety is the nicest way to put it. I'm not going to use all of the negative words that I've worked out in therapy, but mm-hmm. I, what I will say is that my parents gave me a list of rules that if I don't want to go back home for the summer, I have to do all this stuff. And, and they were right to worry about my safety. Um, everywhere is unsafe. If you're a woman walking alone, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty, I mean, Tokyo is great by the way. Um, Tokyo, I can walk alone and I don't have to worry, but okay. But you know, back to the story. Um, So my parents said, you need to start taking self-defense classes. And so at the time, my college was offering the RAD, Rape Aggression Defense Courses, but it was only for two semesters. And uh, I don't, have you ever taken a rape aggression defense course?
0: No, but I've actually just in the last, let's say two months, started boxing. And oh my God, I love it so much. (laughs) Um,
1: Do you get that urge to go out and fight crime? yeah actually <laughs> do you know what
0: it is do you know what it is more than that oh this is terrible but confession time why not i work in retail for my day job okay and i'm just when i'm punching that bag i can tell you there's a handful of people that frequently come to mind as i am punching the living daylights out of that thing yeah
1: <laughs> exactly and it's a real adrenaline rush to know that yes. you can probably fight off an attacker or an annoying yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so um Of course, after those lessons ended, I wanted to make myself a superhero suit and go out and fight crime in Baltimore. But what I chose to do instead was take the free trial lesson at the school right across the street from my actual dormitory, which was a Japanese martial arts class called Kobudo. And um, I was incredibly lucky at that point that my sensei, the big sensei, the top guy of this martial arts organization had left the home the hanbu dojo in japan to go move to baltimore where his number one in the world student was to try to spread kobudo into the united states wow. and so from day 1 i'm training with the big man and it was so much better than it it really grounded me um when you're learning martial art it's more about you know bush- bushido and the mindset and uh self defense first never aggression like don't you could kill them but just maim them and get away don't <laughs> you know like I yes. only, like Dobby the house elf I didn't want to heart kill anybody only seriously maim like, <laughs> that's, that's the goal <laughs> and so yeah. um he I graduated college and he succeeded in his mission and now there's these Kobudo organizations all over the world um he went back to Japan and I said well I gotta get out To Japan to go keep training with him but first I also wanted to live in Germany because I had had a great experience once in Germany without my parents and everything's a great experience when it's without your parents and so I um somehow mysteriously magically met a German dojo like there's now a German dojo for this organization and I got myself a German Budo boyfriend. That was not the plan. It just happened. But I moved to Germany to this tiny little town in Germany to keep training Kobudo, and that got me to Germany. And then um, that was not a supportive partner for my art, and we broke up. That was one of many reasons. And then I met this other guy who became my husband. He's my husband now, and. We kind of both wanted to leave Germany. And I said, well, I want to go to Japan. And my husband said, well, well, let's go. Like that's let's, That sounds cool. All right. Wow. And so we went and sat in England for six months because that's where he's from. And we did our visa stuff for Japan and then came to Japan. And wouldn't you know it, um, I get to Japan and my working, st- my working schedule is so hardcore that I can't even train Kobudo. Of course. That's how it goes. Brought me here. It brought me here. And I did train a little bit, but not as much as I wanted. And then it just it wasn't working out. And now I don't. But also in Japan I don't need Kobudo.
0: Probably not. No.
1: No. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, no need for it now.
0: But you know, you did it, you got there, you're there.
1: What a roundabout way to get to Japan. (laughs)
0: It's a cool way to get to Japan. I quite like that story. That's great.
1: Thanks, art college. Another thing (laughs) that's not related to art. Well, maybe it is
0: because you could argue that it's it's a practice that requires a lot of discipline yeah. for both the mind and the body, and so does art. So let's tie it very loosely, but why not, right?
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, it makes it makes perfect sense, and I, I am going to accept that. I agree.
0: <laughs> so, so then, I mean, the assumption you can jump straight to. If I think of right, you're an yonner in Japan. You're an artist. You're in Japan, of mm-hmm. course, you're gonna love, or you're gonna fall in love with origami, and, and and all of that whole entire world. I'm just using the term loosely because I realize one, there's a lot more you do than than simply fold paper. But like, is that how you jump to using to using the paper within your work now, or like, did that just is it just the natural beauty of The variety of papers and things that you like. No, I need collage with this. Like, how do you go from where what you were working with prior to what you're working with now? I guess.
1: So I would say prior, I was really stifling myself, and I was kind of being stifled. Like I said, my my last partner wasn't really supportive, and I was like strictly photography in Germany, and I have a collection of cameras, and I was I was using them and. It was fine, but it wasn't as fulfilling as, as I felt like it could be. And I had actually, going back to art college, I had actually learned about chiogami and, and the paper making process while I was there. And I was really into the, the technique to make this chiogami paper, which is the good origami paper. You can make origami out of anything, but yes. the best paper is chiogami 100%, just for folding and thickness and that. Texture under your fingers is amazing. Mm-hmm. So um when I when I I was living in Germany and I started traveling to Japan once a year for this this women's um high level specific training, like without the men, very specific. Mm-hmm. And every time I went, I was going to a lot of the shops and I was buying like origami. So uh, so chiogami paper cut into squares is origami paper. Yes. And yeah. And at that time, like, is is this a point where I can start talking about my disease? Is that okay? Go
0: for it. Yes, absolutely. Whenever you're ready, and if you're ready right now, then absolutely. Yep, definitely. Right.
1: So I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at the very beginning of 2006. It started showing symptoms in 05, and it took me a while to to diagnose to get a, a diagnosis. But it was pretty easy. And my mother had it, and it was kind of a, a open and shut case. As soon as they saw the MRIs, it was clear. Yep. Um, but. So, one of the things in the United States before I left for Germany, so between 2006 and 09, I was I was like relapsing all the goddamn time. Oh, sorry.
0: No, you're right. It's okay. Not a problem.
1: Cursing yep. is okay. Yep. Okay, that's lucky. Um, <laughs> I was I was like relapsing all over the place. And just to explain a relapse is when you get your your body uh, the the multiple sclerosis it can um, it's attacking the the myelin sheathing on your nerves and then your nerves stop working and you can't feel things or you can't control things or you feel things that aren't there it depends on every person but anyway um i was relapsing like once or twice a year and i had to learn all of these triggers the, the, the things that make me specifically go into relapse and those things are uh running myself into the ground never saying no staying up all night you know bad health not oh, what a sweet puppy. Um, (laughs) Hi. Um, So there's all these things that were triggering me. And as soon as I left, I had my last relapse just before I got on the plane to go to Germany. Mm -hmm. And and then I haven't relapsed since because I learned all my triggers, but I also learned how to live a better life. And, and origami is one of those things. So um, my hands with my multiple sclerosis, they're often one of the first things to go. So yeah. it feels like either I just burned all of my fingertips on a hot stove mm-hmm. or there's nothing. And so I think I, I start to really appreciate the texture of chiyogami for that reason. Yeah. And multiple sclerosis is a disease that when it reaches its kind of, when it goes along its course, ultimately you're going to stop moving. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to stop feeling. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that if you stay active and you kind of maintain a good quality of life, whatever that is for you, you'll be able to kind of, uh, delay the progression. And I've, I've been able to delay. I've had it now. Yeah. Since 2006. And I have not progressed very much at all. And thanks. Thank goodness for good healthcare and good drugs, but also being able to, to kind of stop doing all of the things that were bad for me and going back to origami. Um, one of the things I realized for me was that folding. And by the way, I really only fold shuriken or or cranes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've got the tattoos of the cranes. I've oh, that's
0: beautiful! Yeah. Oh, all all,
1: all like 4,000 cranes at this point. Like yeah. But that's all I do, and that that's all I need. But the point is that I can feel the texture of the paper, and my hands are doing this kind of you know detailed, minute movement
0: yeah and yeah. it
1: kind of keeps my hands active or it's easy for me to tell if there's a problem for so for yeah. diagnostic purposes it also works
0: it's fascinating i've never thought of of the, the movements of folding in terms of Fitness is probably too strong a word, but I guess for you in a way it is because your, your hands are constantly moving. Yeah. Like when I think about folding and what it does for me, it's mental. I find it incredibly calming. I find it takes me out of myself mm. and all I'm really doing is concentrating on what's in front of me. Mm. But I actually thought of it in terms of that way and that's, that's, now that you mention it, I can see how that work would work not just for you but also for others. Like it's it's dexterity isn't it it's yeah. it's constantly doing something with your hands
1: exactly it's exercise yeah and, and it's it's a really good one and i can sit at my office when somebody's not coming and just fold a crane i i folded my entire second uh sembazuru which is the thousand cranes i folded <laughs> it the office oh really <laughs> me, that one took me about six months of students being late or not coming but uh, you know that's that's fine. As long as you get it done within a year, it's supposed to still be good luck. So
0: no yeah, problem. well, I did I did mine within a year. So
1: <laughs> did you make your wish? Did you make your wish?
0: I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it come true actually. So that's that's nice as well.
1: Me, mine too. Just got to keep falling.
0: I'm curious to know because we you've you've touched on it a few times, students. So what does what's your student practice involved? Oh.
1: Oh, of course! I am. I am such a stereotypical English speaker. I teach English overseas.
0: <laughs> that's a good. That's good. Uh, that's the dream, right?
1: <laughs> it's the dream, but unfortunately, um, it is not the way to to glory or wealth. Uh, I will <laughs> say that it has given me so much experience, and it has helped me pay off my college loans. And me and my husband together earn really well for this job because most people don't. Most people are not so lucky and it's a really hard industry yeah. to, especially in Japan, it's all like ratings based and customer yes, service. Yeah. In yeah, Germany yeah. I could be a strict teacher, but in Japan I I have to be a little kinder with my delivery, which is difficult for me. <laughs> Taking years <laughs> of training.
0: <laughs> so I, I wanna know how you come to your current your current collage, your current work. Mm. Because I was, I was obviously I've been researching and preparing for this, but as I as I said in the introduction, I have been following you on Instagram for ages. I, like I don't even know how long it's been. And so I've seen lots of variations of different things that you're doing. Like that's that's what happens when you're an artist, you you grow, you change, you suddenly decide you absolutely hate everything you've done and you need to do something completely different like that's that's just the life of being an artist but at the moment what I'm loving so much is the so many different layers and seeing seeing where it starts and where it finishes mm. there's just so much involved in that that I don't think you would necessarily know is there right if you hadn't seen the start and I'm curious to know of course how you how you came to to be working like that but also what does it feel like to go over a layer that you might already think is okay enough? Uh,
1: like the the fundraiser print? Yeah. Uh I know I love that one. That's my it's it's like the desktop on my phone right now. <laughs> my favorite layer. And you know the thing is again to go back to this I was in college, and I became this master of Photoshop. Like photo montage, photo collage is my thing, and I was using my own photos. And um, with Photoshop, it's so nice, you know, because I can turn a layer on or turn a layer off, and mm-hmm. and and get the right order for what you want to be shown and what not shown. So I think I very often do think in a kind of layered uh, mindset. Like very, it's very easy for me to visualize individual layers, mm-hmm. but. Maybe you saw the video I made where I was testing how things were going to work like different combinations what's on top what's below which is oh, I can't remember if I did or if I didn't. Oh hold on. I mean I know this is a podcast but I'll show you and I'll I'll explain. So um this was this was me yes. um I'm showing a board with a bunch of little things that looks like a child is learning how to do collage with tissue paper. <laughs> That's not what it is. But um this was me doing um analog photoshop layering practice yeah Yeah. basically, because I needed to know how is what layer needs to be on top what layer needs to be on bottom what needs to be the order between them how's the letters going to show up I want the letters to show up that kind of thing yeah so um it is so hard to to cover to cover things and be afraid that it's not going to work out but when I do something like a practice board then I kind of go in knowing what to kind of expect and yeah
0: that makes sense
1: I, I have an idea of, of how this washi which is another Japanese paper um I have an idea how the washi is going to look and how translucent it's going to be on top of this color paper so it's it's more like a calculated risk
0: yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: and I am I do not like risks that are dangerous uh, it's got to be a possible like 80% success rate for me to consider, you know. So yeah. it's it's kind of just yeah, knowing the materials and and hoping for the best but also documenting the get f- of everything. Yeah. So I'm documenting every layer so then I can kind of go back and and look at them later and what worked what didn't. But yeah, today I just put washi on on number 2. Oh, exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did that. I did that just before we met up. It's kind of drying right now and I have to wait to see how translucent. Can I show you? Is that okay? Of course you can show me. Um, I'm, so, I'm, not, I'm not saying no. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I'm a little behind in posting about what's happening with number two, but oh, wow. Here's number two. and Those um, colors are extraordinary and the texture. Thank you. I love texture. Yeah. Obviously I want to touch everything right with these MS hands of mine. I got to, yeah. so what I did today, um, everything was like the gold paint was done. The pink paint was done. All of the paint was done. And then you can see I, I was laying this washi paper. This is white paper and, wow. and it's so translucent when it dries, but then the gray paper is not as translucent and the black is like mostly opaque. Yep. So I was I was laying down, um, I laid down the white first and then I put the grey on top and then a little more white on top of the grey to give it this Mm -hmm. layer, dimensional feel, and then the black is at the bottom. And the way that these are going to work is that um, number two kind of touches number one. It's going to be like that. Yeah, that's gorgeous.
0: Wow.
1: I'm happy. Wow.
0: That's incredible. I love the colour combination, by the way. They're my favourite grouping of colours. I just, yeah. I'm curious, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But before the MS, was your collage work as textured and dimensional as it is now?
1: Before MS, my collage was digital.
0: Okay, well there you go. All yeah, right. I,
1: I have yeah. gone. I have gone completely in the opposite direction. I think a yeah. lot of people start analog and then go digital, and yes. I will say I, I don't really want to name drop too many famous artists, and I, I loathe to name drop men over women, but okay. I I was I was raised at art school by Dave McKeon. I think mm-hmm. is the best way to say it. And I don't know if you know who Dave McKeon is, but he's another kind of amazing. He he did a lot of work with Neil Gaiman for the Sandman comics. He was one. He was the original. Wow, okay. Yep. And, yeah. um, and I was like, I was bottle fed Dave McKeon through art college because uh my teachers worked with him. And wow. <laughs> so we were always kind of looking at his work and his technique and his was, he builds a, a wooden shelf and then puts things inside the shelf and then takes a picture and then does other collage stuff on top of it. So he was like digital and analog together. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of watching his work and studying it as, as closely as I did, gave me this idea of what I could do photographically and what I could like make outside and then scan to add dimension. So my, my digital, my digital collages were incredibly textured, but obviously it's a flat print. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, after it was much, it was, it was so after the MS and I got the idea for the Chiyogami collages when I was living in Germany after this, um, these trips to Japan that I was taking. And in my original thought, I thought, I'm going to get pictures of this chiyogami, and then I'm going to digital collage it with people's faces. My entire thought, even in 2011, was that it was going to be a Photoshop piece of art, you know. And then when I got here and had so much access to it, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm going to buy all the paper.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Um, I'm going to collect all the shiny things. I'm going to touch all the things. And I'm going to make these collages as as like manually as possible. So it was kind of going in the opposite way.
0: So what inspires you? Like if we think about this this current collection, you're, what you're working on now for the exhibition? Like how do you go? All right, I need work for this. I need it to be cohesive. I need it to, or maybe not. Maybe not everybody does want things to be cohesive. But but like. How do you how do you decide where you're going next with what you're producing?
1: Um, the first thing I would like to say is that I'm an incredibly stubborn person, and it's very <laughs> it's very hard for me to take advice from people. But I am thankfully in a loving and trusting relationship with my husband. And when when I got the invitation to to show in Florence, my first thought was, "Oh, what? Which which of my collages am I gonna bring with me?" Mm-hmm. And my husband was like, "Are you joking?" You've got to make something new for Florence, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, really? Really, <laughs> like, have to? Like, <laughs> um, that's so much work." now. <laughs> but um, but as soon as he put the idea in my head, I knew he was right. And I've got I've got a, a few friends here that I, I bounce art ideas off of, and all of them, when when the two people that I trust most are in agreement it's like yeah okay I gotta I gotta listen to these two you know and and so then it became okay this is how much space you have this is how much workable space you have what can you do in that and my husband the next thing he said was you gotta go bigger than f6 because (laughs) most of my collages are this f6 size that's like um like 11 by 14 okay yep but my my printer only prints A4 paper, honey. And he's like, you got to print paper somewhere else. And so the, the, my art manager <laughs> does does not know what I will do, does not know what's going to come out of me. He's just kind of saying, I think you need to make something bigger and you're probably going to have to do different paper. And and those he knows my work so well. He knows the problems I have with this bullshit printer paper that I use. Mm-hmm. Because I use bullshit printer paper because I'm usually making gel medium transfers. Yep. but to print something so big, it can't be a gel medium transfer. So I'm using actual images printed from Kinkos this time. But mm-hmm. um, so then you know he you know he puts the seed in my head, and then I talk with him and my art friends, and I talk with my friends from home, and um, if it's it's a little personal, but I feel like I, I mentioned this before that. Um, you know i was I was pretty stifled. i felt I felt very stifled living in Germany. and with the the person, the last person I said didn't feel so supportive. and um so, and I feel like ever since I graduated college in two thousand and three, I've kind of been doing a little bit of art, like um designing people's resumes all the time for them or doing photos and headshots for people. They're just doing my own photos and not really doing much with them. and. I always felt like there was more but that a lot of it maybe wasn't I didn't know how to get it out of me. Yeah. And then when I when I got here and you know it's it's almost yeah it's like 20 years. This is 20 wow. years since graduating college now. Yeah, like, wow. I graduated 20 years ago like this week and <laughs> it's 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 kind of this this full circle feeling and as soon as I realized that I have finally come into my own as an artist living here in Japan and dealing with all of my all of my shadows and getting all the therapy and and really releasing the things that I didn't need to keep holding on to that the idea of um do you know what an enso is mm, the word's not familiar okay so and en- the enso is this kind of circular motion that is um often used in buddhism but yeah. but the idea is kind of like the beginning and the end it's this kind of it's never going to be completely perfect but it's a little bit meditative
0: yeah and i've probably now you're describing it i think maybe i've seen it on things yeah
1: yeah yeah it's probably going to be one of my next tattoos at the at the rate that this has been a part of my life but i <laughs> thought i need to make this this kind of enso flow in mm-hmm. these three pieces that show this This kind of um, unfurling or this kind of um, coming out of something that was perhaps buried or or underground or underneath the surface somehow. And there's this transition period and then this explosion to to this version of me that took 20 years to come out. Um, So that was the general idea. But it took me it took me three or four months to really come up with how that was going to work. what images I would use because in the beginning I thought I would really like to use some of my friends who are, who are models for me and make a piece that's celebrating them. And then, uh, once again, my husband and an art friend came in and they said, no, it probably should be for, for the feeling that you have, it should probably be one person, probably you. (laughs) I think you already have those pictures of yourself. Um, and you, it should be you because it's your story. And then they were right about that. But I think without that help and guidance from two people who would not call themselves artists, they, they know me so well that they were able to kind of just give me keywords and push me in the right direction. And, and I'm really appreciative of that because it's pushing me to do other things with the materials that maybe I hadn't been doing so much before too. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know him, but I like your husband a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me
1: too. <laughs> he
0: sounds he sounds he sounds perfect. Uh, so, what's it like to to get invited to an, to exhibit work? Obviously, you've you've you're, you know we've just talked about the process of creating that work, but then like, what's mm. the logistics behind that kind of thing? Like, aside from the making of the work, the Mm -hmm. getting the work there, do you go there, do you not? Like, what's Mm -hmm. that like now, especially, I guess, compared to before COVID and pandemic and all those sorts of things because so much has changed.
1: Right. Well, and thank goodness things are getting better now. They were terrible during the pandemic. You, You couldn't even mail packages out of Japan to the rest of the country, to the rest of the world. Oh, wow, really? It was, like, post, like, letters only for two years. Wow. I had to, I, I couldn't sell originals outside the country for quite some time. And it was really frustrating because I had commissions that were just lining up. Um, it was really annoying and obviously uh, financially damaging. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you're cutting off my blood supply here, COVID. <laughs> um, now, uh, to get to get the artwork to Florence, um, I I did something smart. Once I realized the boards and the sizes what i wanted to do i ordered them from my supplier here so i already have the shipping box nice so i'm going to use the box that they came in on from um the art company Sakaido, and i'm going to use that to ship to to italy um there's a lot of so usually when i mail collages that that are commissions for people i i'm mailing one way Mm-hmm. and and i don't really have to worry so much about import or problems because it just it's not a problem but this time i have to get it into italy for an art show for a limited amount of time and then i have to hope that everything is correct for them to send it back and i'm terrified uh, sorry. well and thankfully this is um you know the 24th biennale so i think that they've got a handle on how it works and they they do provide a lot of guidance and that's been very useful they've got some companies that they work with and they've got all of the estimates so that's been that's been useful um but we we're definitely going to go and because this feels like such a it feels like a really monumental event just because of this whole 20 year thing that's been going on in my life personally and artistically i Rented a villa with twelve beds, and all of my closest people from all of the countries are going to come and like, wow. cheer me on and and chill in Florence. So and, cool, that yeah. So cool. And you know, like me and my husband, we got married in Japan and didn't invite anybody because it would have been a destination wedding for everybody else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we have to have wedding parties in the UK and the US and also Japan for our Japanese people. So we have a groups of people that are friends and family who have never met in person. Like my sister has never met my sister-in-law. Yeah. she She's like in a group chat with them. Yeah. But they've never met face to face. So my best friends from the United States have never met my best friend from Germany or my best friends here in Japan. And they're all going to be in one big house together. And it's going to be, I think, a wonderful experience and a great Not networking, but I want all of these great people to know each other. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Why not? That sounds like the perfect place to do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And everybody can go off and do their own things and come back. Like we don't—I don't even have to be. (laughs) I don't have to be there. I just want to be there. (laughs) So, what do you get out of exhibiting your work?
0: Like what, aside from, aside from the obvious of people seeing it at. Mm -hmm. In the venue, like, what else does does that give you as an artist? Do you think?
1: Well, I mean, the number one thing that I I have been searching for, and it's been very difficult to find here in Japan for very specific reasons. um I am as of yet unrepresented.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I'm hoping that being there uh, in that venue for that event might at least get me more visibility and possibly some leads on representation. Uh-huh. That's number one. Uh, number me. Number two, for me personally, like I said, it's this twenty-year coming out, and it feels a little bit like validation. Like finally, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Also, too, I've got a list of artists that I am super excited to see their work in person and maybe meet as well. That do similar things to me, do totally different things to me, and I'm excited to be in a space hopefully meeting so many other of these artists. um, I have contacted a few of the people that I know whose art I'm really into to just say, Hey, I hope you'll be there because I'd like to actually Mm -hmm. meet you and and talk in person. So I'm kind of going back to that old, you know, being surrounded by so many people who also do art, even if they don't do the same art as you, it's so inspiring, even if it's not the way that you expect it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, necessarily feel like I need more inspiration I've got a whole lot of things that I want to do but I'm just so excited to have those conversations with people
0: yeah mm. yeah because there's one thing for the meeting digitally meeting online but it's a whole other thing to to be in in the same room the same space with somebody or exactly. somebody's
1: yeah exactly so I, I'm really looking forward to that because being surrounded by so many creative people and Hearing what they have to say, I'll always take something from it, even if it's not the thing I expect to.
0: Now, going back to to the online world, the the mm. Instagram, which is where, as I said, which is where I found you. Just recently, you you posted a little video about um, getting receiving treatment uh. and how much fun you had trying to get that posted because the person next to you had a lot <laughs> to say about the world. Um, was his cotton socks, but yeah. I'm wondering that whole and and I actually I I really appreciated from that you pointing out because obviously concerned people mm. that, that know you and follow you were like, are you okay? You're in hospital. What's going on? And panic, panic, because yeah, of course, as we all know, America doesn't have the greatest health system in the world. Yeah, um, and that's not my place to judge. That's just simply how it is. No, so, you should
1: judge. You should judge. Everybody should judge it. It's awful. <laughs>
0: It is. It's atrocious. Yeah, um, I said I wasn't going to judge, and there I am. Hey, but
1: I'm, I'm sure American, you- American, and I'm allowing you. Th- I'm allowing this judgment. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate the the um the being allowed to do that. So yeah. when you're there, when you're having the treatment, and so it's, it's not a quick process. You're not just there for five minutes. Like right. you find yourself, is that a time where you can fold cranes, for example, or is that a time for you to completely ignore art and just? I don't know, read a book or, or like, how do you find, how is that process, the process of getting that kind of treatment
1: impacting um, the process of making up? Something I will say is that it is a, it's a nice quiet time for me, mm-hmm. just because I'm not at home surrounded by responsibilities or things that I feel like I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a list of things I need to do related to my art. So that day after I spent way too long making one video for Instagram and TikTok, um, Mm -hmm. I I had to edit it later because it was, there was no way. But um, so what you have, I don't know if you saw in the video, but I had the um, blood oxygen thing on my index on my right hand. Yeah. Yeah. Super annoying makes typing hard. And (laughs) I've got the, I've got the IV kind of midway up my, my forearm on the left side so I can move but typing was a pain um so but the the thing I'm working on right now is that um I have been trying to like release my Etsy thing for quite some time I started selling on Etsy but I feel that um Etsy has not really been so beneficial to me it hasn't brought me too many new clients and now I've got this new artist website where everything is just shipping from Japan because the Etsy website I was dealing with mostly photographic prints and I was printing from the UK or I was printing from the United States, but I couldn't sign my work. Yeah. I didn't yeah. like that about it. So I just, I'm closing down the Etsy shop, but what that means is I'm migrating everything into my, my new art shop. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I just sat there for an hour copying, copying listings. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> So, and I always bring, um, I always bring my laptop with me. I always bring my headphones with me. Uh, I'm always listening to new music and looking at all of the artists I want to look at or reading all the articles that I usually don't have time for otherwise. Um, So it's kind of more like, um, I don't want to fall asleep here. I can fall asleep here and I don't want to. And with that man next to me, I certainly could not have.
0: There's no way.
1: No, there's no way. But. Um, I, I did have things that I wanted to do. And so I usually make sure I bring enough things. It's kind of like, um, taking a long haul flight. Yeah. You no, know, you pack your snacks, you pack your drinks, you pack all of the things you think you're going to need for the next 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And that's like now every time I, I'm going to have to do that thing that I did the other day, three more times over the next four weeks. Okay. Yeah. And there will so you- not, probably not going to be any more videos. So <laughs>
0: There will be a lot of catching up happening. On
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. um I might, if I'm lucky, I might be able to to knock out a few a few posts or at least get them lined up or something. Just sitting there using uh the hospital's free Wi-Fi.
0: <laughs> I suppose the upside to this is another thing where you know to be grateful for living in 2023 because
1: mm.
0: I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, we or well, not even that long ago, we wouldn't be able to do any of these things that no. we. For granted, like, you know, I, I donated blood today and I sat there on my phone just scrolling through things that I, like you, like it doesn't, of course that's nowhere near as, as big a time process or anything else, but even just that, you know, 20 minutes or whatever it was, I'm mm-hmm. now like having to stare at the television with whatever it is that they are showing that, right. you know, not an interest. You can at least have your phone and do something, you know, like, and I love that. It's It, it, it just makes a difference.
1: Yeah, exactly. Usually when I'm at the hospital for that long, I end up having really good conversations with my friends who might be overseas and still awake. Yep. Because of the time difference. So if yes. I'm there if I'm there at eleven AM, it's my friends 10 PM. And yeah. so some of them stay up late, then I've got, you know, it's nice to catch up with them or
0: Yeah.
1: Right now, um right now in Tokyo the sumo tournament's going on. So that's always playing on the television in the corner and that's exciting. <laughs>
0: cool. And um, this, this conversation has just uh, look I am inspired. I am I'm actually inside I'm excited to see what else is coming up. This is this is my my big takeaway from this is what's coming next for Gina. I'm looking forward to seeing more content. I'm looking forward to seeing more completed artwork. And I tell you what, I can't wait to see you and everybody um at this this villa you said. I, I just yeah. can't wait to see that. I think it's gonna be incredible. Where where to next do you think? I'm sorry? Where to next? What 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 next on the on the plate of art that you
1: want to create? Um I've had I've had it's interesting, I've had a a series by the way I'm okay to go over because we started late, just so you know. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. I've had a series in my mind of of kind of much more base emotional images that i want to work on that are kind of like uh, the piece that i did that's called rage i don't know if you've seen it i have it here i can grab it very quickly of course but um so that are um, kind of more yeah more more paint heavy more probably faces or bodies in some kind of um contortion Mm -hmm. and I have been taking photos of some of my my friends and models for that and I think after after what I'm doing with with the Florence collages now with all of the texturing and all of the layering I finally have a good idea of how I want those to look. So that's kind of in the back of my mind but right now yeah the only thing the only thing in the front is Florence just yeah. Florence, Florence and migrating my my shop. Florence Yeah. It's the cool
0: thing, isn't it? Like, the more you work on, on an art practice and on a on a way of creating, the more you realize how you can how those ideas you have can actually form and creep and become come out of your mind and onto you know the canvas or whatever. Like yeah. there's something about just and, and even with you with the boards about playing with the different textures and things and what will and won't work, those little test boards. Like mm-hmm. all of that goes towards realizing the next step and those ideas that you might have had for years. Like I sometimes think I've got ideas I think I'd like to make, and they've been sitting there forever. Mm-hmm. It feels like forever, and you think, "Is this never going to happen?" Well, no, it's just not ready yet. Exactly. And that's just one of the really cool things about art and making art. I think is it. It's kind of never
1: over. I think. I think if you you definitely should write all of those ideas down, and I think the time will come. You know. Yeah especially with the Chiyogami portraits. I said, I had this idea in in 2011 and didn't actually consider doing it in a different way until I was here. And I had almost forgotten about it, but just it needed to be the right time and and obviously the right place, Mm -hmm. but maybe also for you with all of these podcasts and all of these people that you're talking to, you're getting so much more information about materials and supplies, right? That yeah. You're going to stumble onto something that's going to make that idea from ten years ago suddenly like click. That's yeah. what happened, you know. Definitely.
0: Definitely. Do you, Do you find like, and I kind of, I sort of, kind of know the answer to this, but then of course I'm thinking of the listeners who who may not have even heard of you or seen you your work at all. But like,
1: sure.
0: I watched your video, one of the recent videos you had where you went through your stash of papers, which <laughs> just had me literally drooling on the floor. <laughs> Is it a case of you always going to your stash or do you find yourself you've got to go out and buy some more, like when you're starting a new new series or a new work?
1: At last count, I had just over 200 sheets of paper. But I'm pretty certain, uh, even though right now I could not actively describe every piece of paper to you, I Mm. have them kind of in my mind. And so when I get the idea or or in order for for a collage I kind of know what colors what prints I know what I have stock of I know what I can use what I might need more of that kind of thing and sometimes I go to my my paper supplier because I want some inspiration and their website doesn't have all of their prints and they're always kind of on the edge of what's new and hot and probably not traditional in terms Mm -hmm. of patterns in Japan and sometimes I'll find something that's inspiring and I'll just grab it for later. But usually I'll go to the paper. I'll go to that. that That's my stash first. Mm -hmm. And I'll pull maybe 20 sheets and whittle them down to maybe the top four. And then if they're not, if there's still something missing, then I'll probably go to the paper shop.
0: (laughs) When, when like, what do you actually, for, for the people that have listened Mm-hmm. They're super inspired and they're like, you know what? Gina has made me think of collage in a completely different way. Mm. Maybe their thought of collage is something they learned when they're a child at school and they did mm. not like it at all, which is, you know, I can, I get that. Yeah. What would you say to somebody? What do they need? What sort of supplies? Like, where should they go or what should they start with? Can they just pull things that they've already got? Because so many of us have got not just paper, but fabric mm. and, and, And paints and all sorts of things. Like, is there anything specific to the creating of a collage that someone needs to have? Or can they just work with whatever they've got?
1: You know, I would say you probably got stuff laying around your house that you have not thought of in an artistic capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favourite materials when I was in college building what I will call grounds, which were collaging physical things on boards to then scan to make my digital collages. (coughs) Like, my favourite material was cheesecloth. Oh wow! Okay, because cheesecloth is incredibly thin, mm-hmm. but it's got that really nice uh, pattern to it, and you can move it around after it's a little wet. If you're using something like gel medium, and you can make almost waves in it, you can make scrunches. Yep. You can use toilet paper. You can use newspaper. Some of my favorite collage artists on Instagram—they're mostly cutting out of magazines. And one there's a another god, I okay, Claudia Montez is an artist that I like on Instagram right now, and she's also here in Japan. I'm very excited to meet her. Um, but somebody else whose work so she utilizes old photographs, I think. And then there's an artist in London in in the UK named Dan Hillier, and he uses old, like kind of out of copyright. They're just like stock, they're old stock images that you can buy. You can go to You can go to a bookstore in the arts and crafts section and get kind of uh, these old patterns or old image books like vintage vignettes from the 1920s or or whatever and it's just like all alphonse muha like looking flowers and stuff and you can use those and the thing is if if you're if you're changing the image in any way then it's no longer it's kind of in the public domain you know, so it's not an issue of, of copyright or anything, but you can use old T-shirts. Yeah. Tissue paper. My favorite is cheesecloth. Try nail polish. You know, um, yeah. think about powdered eyeshadow, And then, yes. And, yes. And, you know, when I was in college and I was a poor college student, um, I didn't have enough money to buy fixative. So you just use aerosol hairspray.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and that
1: kind of keeps everything on the page, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah all of those things are there. Uh, Wax paper is also great. Probably you have cooking parchment. Yep. That's really great for adding kind of a translucent uh, kind of foggy layer to things. So there's so many things around your house that you can probably use to collage that we just don't, don't think about it until we do. Mm.
0: And I think that's probably like, honestly, it's just experiment. It's play, have fun. Cause it's all, you know, I mean, of course, if you want to be a working artist, you want to earn a, a living and earn an income and, and, and that but not everybody does. People, a lot of people just want to make art for the sake of making art. And I think if people remember to have fun, yeah. Play, experiment, mm-hmm. what's the worst
1: that can happen, right? You have taken the words right out of my mouth. It's always <laughs> it's no, it's always so disappointing to me when people say, Oh, I'm not good at art and it's like, look, the camera has already been invented. You don't have to draw photos. Yeah. And yeah. Everything that I do is because the camera has been invented. So I couldn't do this type of work if I was living in Renaissance Italy. I'd have to be painting photos of old rich dudes to to earn a living, you know. Um, yeah. But art doesn't have to be professional. You do not have to turn your hobby into a side hustle. Mm-hmm. It can just be about expression. You know, some people do, what is it? It's called, um, there's that writing that it's just, you're not thinking, you're just writing.
0: Oh, um, stream of conscious.
1: Stream of conscious. Yeah, it's just, you can do that with art materials too. And it doesn't have to be the next great American anything. You Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't have to be going to a big art show. It doesn't have to be sold. It can just be something that you love and that you did. And if you never look at it again, that's okay. Just get it out because then you might learn something from the process. Absolutely. I am... here, of course, I'm teaching English, but I also I also teach babies. And if you go to my Instagram and actually look at the the section where I'm tagged, mm-hmm. like, there's there's my posts, there's reels, and then there's is tagged in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything in my in tagged in is me playing with babies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a totally different. It does not match, right? Because yeah. um, my whole Instagram is me art doing art stuff, and TikTok is all how to do art stuff, and so. Then you see all of these videos and photos of me teaching kids. And I'm leading these art classes for children under age seven. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, what am I actually teaching them? Once I taught them how to like use their paintbrush to make splatters Uh instead of just using the brush as normal. I taught them how to do do shadows and shading with watercolor, but they don't even have art class in school. And for them, this is unstructured play. Yeah. And that's what's important. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It just has to be something that you're enjoying doing. And that's all it should ever be.
0: Well, that's going to stay with them, that feeling of fun. And, you know, they're going to remember that for years.
1: Yeah. And those kids are inventive. I took them out for our annual uh, Sakura uh, cherry blossom party. And we were Mm -hmm. doing art under the cherry trees. A bunch of those kids picked up leaves and, like, the blossoms from the flowers that had fallen on the ground and put them right into the paintings. So cool. I didn't tell yeah. them to do that. They figured it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's better in some way. Oh, you're so jealous cuz they just there's no filter. There's no we no. should or shouldn't do this. They
1: just do it. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be There are a few Jackson Pollocks in the group, but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have to There's six. Yeah exactly yeah Exactly. Yeah. And we should all we should all i think keep that that level of um maybe mm, interest joy just yeah wonder at yeah. the making the the process because if That's it fun. once it gets boring then it's it's not worth doing anymore definitely
0: Definitely. Mm-hmm. I feel like you and I could talk for like another five hours. Although I'm, not entirely, I'm not entirely sure that's going to make for a very good podcast. So we won't, we won't do that for the listeners sake.
1: Um, exactly. I'll come back. to <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> just before we finish up, where, where is the best place for our listeners to find you online?
1: Oh, okay. Um, I think we'll probably have to spell this out for them. My, my art website is just Gina Marie Cincinnati.com. Yes, my last name is a city. No, never been there. Uh, (laughs) I don't know anything about it. Uh, So that's my art website, and then on both Instagram and TikTok, it's a woman without a country. Yeah. Mm. So those are, I think, those are the best two places to find me. And you can, you know, if people are actually interested, my shop you can reach through the Gina Marie Cincinnati website.
0: Thank you, Gina, so much for making time. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I've got a heap out of this, and I really hope our listeners love it and connect too.
1: Thank you. It was a lot of fun talking to you. I'm glad we finally got to do this.
0: Thank you so much.
1: I just thought of something, and I wanted to add an addendum to what I said about my experience at art school. Um I I wanted to say and add that, yes, I thought that for me personally, art school was a wonderful experience and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But what I'd also like to say is that um maybe art school is not attainable for everybody. And that's something that I dealt with a lot at my job when I worked at a university, that there were people who who wanted to come, who wanted to go to the school with with all of their being, and it just wasn't in the cards for them financially or otherwise. And to those people, I have I always said, and I will continue to say that the art school doesn't make the artist. The experience that you have, that's what makes the artist. And no matter where you go, you are going to have experiences that are going to make you the artist that you're going to become. It doesn't matter what the name on the diploma is. It doesn't matter really how much you paid for your degree. What you get out of your life is what's going to make you that artist. That version of yourself. So I feel like that's really important to say because I do understand that I was lucky to go to an art college and to have so much of it paid for in scholarships. And I understand that that is not everybody's experience. So I wanted to add this just as an aside to say that if you can't get to art school, that's not going to mean that you're not going to get to be an artist. There are so many fabulous, amazing, just so popular artists that would be considered outsiders or untrained and they're the ones who were famous. (laughs) It's not me. (laughs) So that's something that's really important to keep in mind for anybody who is young and considering attending art school. If you can't get there, don't worry. Go to the local community college, get into any art program you can. Do whatever you can to learn what you need to learn. It's going to come to you one way or another. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you.